find out if you're ready for love. Here's your marvelous host, Nikki Lee. Hello, and welcome to Ready for Love Radio. The title is going to be so appropriate for our conversation today. Today, I am going to be talking to Tony Henderson Mayers, and we're going to talk about wise courtship. We are going to talk about being ready to get married. And you all, anybody that's listened to me more than once, <laughs> knows that's a pet topic of mine, making sure that, that you prepare yourself for, for marriage, then find the mate. And she's also going to give us some neat tips and tell us about her book that actually is going to help you find out a little bit more about a potential partner. So we're going to find out some great stuff from Tony. But let me tell you a little bit about her first. She is a sought-after speaker with over 25 years of experience, and her message encourages us to build better business and personal relationships and to look for passion in our lives. Don't we all want more passion in our lives? She is the co-author of the book, One Great Idea, and she's a contributing writer to various magazines and the book, Share and Grow Rich. Both are available on her website, and we're going to give you all the contact information, too. She has got... Great education. I tell you, she's got a master's in studies in counseling psychology. She's got a master's degree in Christian counseling. She's got a master's degree in management and leadership. She's well-educated, but she declares one of her greatest achievements was finding out what she was designed to do and discovering the power in creating great relationships. Isn't it great when you can find something that you're passionate about and you feel good about it and you can help other people and make it a career? I love when that happens. Now, her latest work is Wise Courtship Before Relationship and Marriage Guidelines. It challenges singles to choose wisely and demonstrates what to look for in a potential mate may not be what you're thinking either. And she utilizes a three-step system that is sure to unveil the true character of any love interest. I can't wait to find out more about that. Since this book is landing her on a lot of radio and TV shows, like like today, <laughs> um, her book was nominated for a shelf award. She lives in North Carolina, so she's another East Coast girl just like me. She lives with her husband and her sons, and she writes, she travels, she speaks, and performs throughout the country. So we are going to learn a lot about her today. And I'll just tell you, we'll, we'll do more information about how to reach her, but her website is www.wisecourtship.com. So, Tony, it's awesome to have you with me today. It is awesome to be with you. I'm so excited about this um, opportunity to speak to you about relationships. That's it. We, and, and there's just so many, I was reading through your bio, and there's just so many topics people need to know about. So let's, let's hope we can get all this into an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if not, they're just going to have to read your book. <laughs> so, Absolutely. <laughs> so, so tell me, what? let's start with what inspired you to write this book? Why did you uh, – I think whenever we write a book, if we don't have a really solid reason, we shouldn't bother. So tell us, what's, what's the reason you wrote your book? I think the biggest reason, after, after being inspired, and I think um, – and I know that um, we are really directed to do things by God, but – I think the the basic and um, uh, reason why I started to write the book was frustration. Um, And I I think that happens with anyone who's passionate about a topic. You're frustrated or irritated or you just feel like it can be done better or 
why doesn't everyone see it this way or um, I can help to fix that. Um, and that's how you really know, too, that you are uh, called to do a particular task. But I was just so frustrated by the amount of divorces, frivolous divorces. I was also frustrated by people who were genuinely hurt and crushed by relationships, um, by things that they probably could have found out beforehand. And let's face it, um, whenever you're hurt in a relationship, it is not fun, and it can last a very long time and sometimes a lifetime. And I just thought, you know, if, if people would really do the due diligence and do the work up front, they would um, really avoid a lot of pain and heartache in the end. You know, when when you say something to people about doing the work up front before they get married, do you get strange looks from people? I'm sorry, can you say that one more time? When when you talk to somebody and you're telling them they need to do the work before getting married, do you get strange looks from them? I do. I thought that was just Yeah, you do. Some people you do get strange looks because they feel that relationships does not require work. But right. just about everything that we engage in in life requires some sort of work. Um, of yeah. course, we want to choose work that we love, we're passionate about, and, and relationships are no no different. Um, they don't happen just by osmosis. I mean, I know that there can be chemistry involved and, and all of that, but you need to do work. We hear a lot about the work that we need to do to keep the relationship going. But we don't hear much about the work we need to do before the relationship happens. Well, and you know, really, if they do the work before they get married, it's going to make things easier over time. You're not going to have to do as much intense work later because you're going to have so many things already worked out. You know, and and you're very likely, especially if they use your system we're going to talk about, they're going to avoid so many potential problems that if you don't do the work up front, you're not prepared for it. And you end up with somebody that, that probably isn't right for you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just like, um, you know, if we're building a house or buying a house, when you're laying a great foundation, you're not going to have to worry about too much of a problems with the house. Um, if you're putting in all of the, you know, quality materials and what have you, you're going to really enjoy the house for a long time. But when you put cheap materials in a bad foundation, you're going to find yourself later on having to gut the whole place and start anew. And no one wants to do that in relationships because, let's face it, it hurts to have to go back and, and try to fix something that you, you probably would have seen if you had opened your eyes earlier on. Exactly. Now, we, we have all seen the books and heard about the rules of dating. So, and I'm not a believer in the rules of dating. I'm really not. So, but... Is there a system for dating and courtship? Yeah, you know, I'm not a big fan of, of, of rules per se as well um, because I don't really tr- try to purport, and I'm not saying everyone who talks about the rules of dating are saying this, but, you know, I'm not really trying to advocate a playing of games and um, if I do this, they'll do that because we know people are much more abstract and much more complex than to be able to do um you know, a certain amount of rules and, and it may work out. But I have found in, in my research and I have found um, through trial and error with other people trying the method, um, you know, that these basic things that I cover in my book tends to work just across the board with all types of nationalities, all types of people. 
And it's not a rule per se, but it's just a method that one needs to go through in order to really get a good idea of the person, the person's character, to really get a good idea of what you're getting into so that you can make an, um, an intellectual decision on whether or not you want to have a relationship with this person before too much of the emotions get involved. Once the emotions are involved, it's hard to make a, a rational decision. You're going to make it totally emotional. Definitely. So, what, let's just cut, let's, let's dive into it. What is one of the first things a person should consider or think about when they want to get into and are looking for a serious relationship? Well, I'm going to say some things that really are not in the book um, totally. They are partially in the book. And the reason why I want to mention this first is because I even say that in the book that this has to be done before you start to segue into some of the things that I'm suggesting. And it's kind of a part A before you get to step one, two, three. And that part A really is in the area that you talk a lot about um, in your coaching and your book, and that is to get to know yourself. And am I really ready? That is the big question you want to ask yourself. Because the book comes from, comes from the preface that you are ready. Although I do mention in the book that you need to ask yourself, are, am I ready? But you really want to take some time to make sure you're ready. Are you ready financially? Are you ready emotionally, spiritually, intellectually? Am I ready on all in, in all of these categories? Um, and, of course, you may not score a perfect 10 if you were going to tally and rate. But, I mean, generally speaking, and, and you can include your, your family and your friends in on this conversation, you know, am I ready? I mean, be realistic. If financially, am I ready to really partner with someone? You know, you have some people who are in huge amount of debt. And it's not to say that you would never find love or you shouldn't, you know, try to be with someone, but you have to be realistic about it. You know, I'm in a lot of debt. Should I try to pay down the debt? Should I try to be what's getting me into the debt? Was it a student loan or was it because I bought, you know, every every day I had to buy 20 pairs of shoes? You know, so you want to be realistic with yourself and, and really kind of take the time to, to uh, think about all of those things so that you can answer that question in every category, am I ready? Very true. You know, something something that um, I talk to clients about is they always want to make a list of what they're looking for in, mm-hmm. in a person, you know, all the traits and whatever that they want. And then when I tell them, I say, okay, you know, flip over the paper or get another sheet and write down what you bring to the relationship. What do yeah. you bring for the other person? And they, and yeah. they stop and they're like, what? <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's not all about what you want. What do you bring for the other person? Because they're going to have a list too. Yeah. You know, so, um, well, and it it makes us think. You know, what what do we have? Not only you know, I, I'm an awesome person. That's not what I'm talking about. But what do you bring of benefit as a partner to another person? And it's it is awesome once you figure those things out, because then you you're more. You know, if you're if you're in a healthy position and, and you're feeling good about yourself and in a healthy way, not a conceited way, then you you're more what's the word? More confident 
And confidence yeah, is sexy and appealing. <laughs> it really yeah, is. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it changes how you look, which when yeah. I start talking about those things in the book, it, it gives you new glasses, uh, if you will, on on what you're, you're able to detect um, people who would be most likely suited for you. Um, when we get into abusive relationships and different things like that, it's because we have a skewed or a, um unrealistic view of ourselves. And so someone can come in and, and tell us either we don't know who we are or we, it's totally futile or we're, it, it's totally wrong and people can convince us that we are this way and we go along with it. But when you're feeling really great about yourself and you're excited about yourself and you know your strengths and weaknesses, um, you look with new eyes and you don't settle, you know, and you're not easily fooled. Um, you also say, hey, that person has exactly, you know, what I'm looking for because I know I like these things because this is what I do on a regular basis. You would be really be surprised that a lot of people really don't know themselves that well. They don't. They really don't. Well, and, you know, yeah. it's just like some people have a need to be needed. They need somebody that just needs to be nurtured and taken care of. Now, that yeah. kind of person really probably is going to have issues with somebody that's really, really independent, <laughs> you know. And, yeah. and it's, there's nothing wrong with either one of those people. But the thing is, those two basics about their, you know, their traits or, or whatever, that's going to cause issues right off the bat. Yeah. I, I actually know a couple like that that are having all kinds yeah. of problems. And it's it's very, and that was something I noticed when I first met her because I knew what he wanted. And I met her, and it's like, ooh, that's going to be a problem. And they wouldn't yeah. listen, <laughs> you know. But, um, but, yeah, there's just there's just certain things like that that are going to make things more difficult. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's amazing how those two separate personalities are usually very attracted to one another. And it can work. But as you, as you were stating before in a coaching exercise that you may have had with a client, you know, if they have not listed what, what they're looking for and then turned over the paper and said, you know, what do I offer? If you're not aware of those two lists, then you're going, you're not going to be able to see clearly that we are opposite and where do we have similarities so that if those similarities are in key areas, we will do very well together. But if they're not, we won't. Well, you know, I think the thing is, too, you don't have to be identical people in, in every no. way because sometimes opposites are very good together. Absolutely. But but if, oh. if your opposites are contradictory or directly opposing each other in a way that's going to cause conflict, that's probably going to cause a problem. Yes, yes, yes. You know, when those differences are in areas that mean a lot to you, you know, yes. areas of religion and how you raise your children and and there are some foundational things that we take for granted um, in our personalities, in our psyche, that we sometimes don't even think about. Um, if those people do not share those things, very often times we're not going to be happy. And that's why um, when I start talking about those things in my book, you really have to have a handle on that so that as you're doing those different steps, it really gives meaning to it. And it's just like a light bulb going on, and then you see people with new eyes, you know, and, and you're not um, being disappointed as much. Very true. So in your book, you include case studies. 
And that's, that's yeah. sort of like something I do in a lot of my nonfiction books is I've, I've actually <clears throat> gone out and found experts or people with ex- certain experiences that fit into the context of the book and, and then share their stories. So you're, you're doing a very similar sort of thing with your case studies. Why did you include, decide to include those in your book? Well, I wanted to give people, um, you know, it's such an abstract topic and concept and, and, and everything that I'm speaking about is so abstract and love is abstract that I wanted yes. to give as much of a tangible um, example as I could. Of course, they cannot reach out and touch these people, but from hearing their stories, they can see so much of either themselves, mm-hmm. other people, or, yeah, I saw that, or, yeah, I went through that. And I am so surprised as, at how many people really relate to these case studies in this book. I'm so excited about that. Ma'am? Yeah, I, I think it makes it more real when you put yeah. it in, in a yeah. context with, with a person. Yeah, um, I was really... I knew that it would be helpful, but I did not know how much it would really resonate with people. Um, and I think we sometimes we see things better in other people than we see in ourselves. And um, if we train ourselves to learn from good and bad examples, we would be better for it. And so the case studies are, you know, real-life situations, real-life scenarios, um, and they're, you know, Male and female both can, you know, benefit from it. As a matter of fact, I just got a review from a man who was extremely excited about the book, and that was one of the things that he had to say about it is that it applied to me as well. You know, it wasn't just a one-side, you know, usually when we talk about love and relationships, you know, it's so skewed to women. But he, you know, he was very excited that the case study really was something that he could relate to. Very true. We we did that in the in my program, the the Love Yourself program, is we have various um, characters that we use, and they actually pop up at different times, you know, for different mm-hmm. examples. So you're actually kind of following their progress through the yeah. through the program, which is kind of fun. I love that. <clears throat> so, do you have a case study that's your absolute favorite? If, you know, we we never want to pick favorites. <laughs> Yeah, but what, what's one? That, I tell you what. Forget favorite. What? Which one do you think is most effective? How about that? Oh wow! I don't. I, you know, I don't know which one is the most effective because so many people. You know, there's about ten case studies in the book, and you know, there's always at least one case study that someone says that is me. So it, it varies, um, but I do think there's one that most people can relate to because most marriages end in divorce, not because of uh, emotional type reasons or anything. It's financial. And so one of the case studies, um, it's called Mr. and Mrs. Broke A, the letter A, lock. And um, they have financial issues, but they also have some other issues going on too as well. But um, that's one of the major issues in the book. And I think that I tend to lean toward that one because it's, it's kind of comical in the beginning, but it's really some serious things. And I think it's one that a lot of people can relate to. Yeah, no doubt. Well, and, and so many issues in a marriage can be about money. You know, and if, and if you don't yeah. know what front where the other person stands on, well, where their finances are, you know, and, and their attitude on spending money and that sort of thing, 
Oh my gracious, that can cause problems. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I you know I mentioned a section too in the book about uh, finances, of course. I mean, you can't talk about relationships if you don't talk about finances. Um, and you know, you're going to try to find out more about those things depending on how you know the serious the relationship is. But you are really doing yourself a disservice if you don't find out about the financial uh, situation, especially if you're um, engaged. You know, you don't want any surprises. You want to know exactly what's going on. And we used to talk about women in the 50s not knowing what's going on financially, but we still have that going on today. And not just amongst the women, but among men. You know, because a lot of times I guess they assume that, you know, I'll be the breadwinner and I'm going to take care of the young lady, and that's great. But they may not know about hidden debt. And so we really, really, really want to uh, get as much information um, about finances as well. Well, the person's person's finances before you get married, because then it becomes your problem just as much as it's their problem. You know, yeah. well, and, and you know, their their existing finances. You know, if they have child support in place, I mean, all of those things are critical that you need to know because it is going to impact your world. And then, and then, even once you are together, you know, even if one one or the other of of the partners is the one that handles, you know, paying the bills and all that sort of thing, the other person should at least be in the know. You know, they may not have to take care of it, but make sure that they at least understand what's happening. Yeah. Yes, and you want to also be aware, is the partner even interested in that area? You know, because that can be really frustrating, you know, that you're going to always be the one handling the money. And, you you know, I think we all need a break. You know, we don't, we shouldn't have to do one job within a relationship all the time. Um, and what, how does the other partner feel? You know, because some partners like to spend, 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 and they don't want to, you know, sit down and hear about the the budgeting. Some people want to save, 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 and they don't want to hear anything about, you know, we need to spend something sometimes. So, you know, these are some of the things that you really want to find out before you get into a relationship. So, now, now, very honest answer, very, very blunt question. The advice that you contain in the book, does it really help people? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it really going to help me? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so confident about it. I was just really, really, really concerned about writing a book that's going to be practical. I did not want to um, have a book that was not going to be something that people would really, really benefit from. But, of course, the proof is in the pudding. You know, the readers are the ones who give you the feedback. And I'm just so happy to say that many people have told me that it has absolutely been a blessing to them. Isn't that awesome when readers do that? I just love that. <laughs> yeah, I do. It's so humbling. Well, and you know, that's like I, I got a phone call one morning from a woman that, that found the sales page for my Love Yourself program, and she yeah. was in tears. She's like, I got it. I got it. She yeah. said, nobody has ever understood where I am and what I need. But that, you said it. And, oh, my goodness, I was I was just bawling. It was so awesome. Yes, yes. it's so humbling. It, it's so fulfilling um, to know yeah. that when you start out to help someone, someone <clears throat> got what you were saying and that they were truly helped. And not only that, they're passing it along to a friend that they believe it's going to help too as well. That's it. 
That is it. Well, that's that's my thing. A lot of times I've, I've done, especially like I've, I did a show about um, the the Hannah Graham case, case of the missing college student that's going on up here. Did one yeah. with the Help Save the Next Girl organization, which is based on the missing girl case here, and then did one on like domestic violence. And, and my thing is, I'm like, if, if one person hears this and it yeah. helps them, I'm thrilled. Now, I mean, there's a thousand, but, you know, every single person that hears it and it helps, that validates what I'm doing. Validates the time. Absolutely. And speaking of domestic violence, I uh, was doing a show in Florida, and I, they had, well, her show is really about healthy relationships, and she has a big audience of domestic, you know, people survivors of domestic violence and those who are trying to get back into relationships. And the book has really been a blessing to that population uh, for really trying to get back on track now. You know, now that I've come out of an abusive relationship, how do I get into a healthy one? And, um, you know, just to be able to help people um, who really, really need it, it's just, it's just awesome. That is so cool. <clears throat> yeah, I actually I interviewed a, a guy that actually we, we became friends on Facebook. Awesome place to network with people. <laughs> oh yeah, but he's he, he doesn't have the practical training, but he's he's done some work with with some women that he knows that really needed it and helped them work through the entire program. And then, um, you know, part part of helping them through it was writing their story because it's so yeah. it's so therapeutic to get it out, even if you never do anything yeah. with it, just yeah. get it out and on paper, you know. Yeah. But um, he's he's done that. It was it was really. Interesting talking to him because I mean it's I mean he he's incredibly protective of these women you know and and I mean he even uses a fake name on Facebook so there's just no way people know who he is so they can't find the, the women either but um it was it was a really good program it's I tried to get together for ages to do it and was thrilled when we finally got got it recorded and got to air it but that sounds awesome you got all kinds of people I got to introduce you to. <laughs> so, <laughs> So, okay, it seems like if I read the book, and, and anybody listening, they read the book, then I'm going to be empowered to take control of who I choose to be with. Is that like a, a fair statement? Yes, I think it's an empowering book. I think it's, um, you know, gone are the days that we just allow things to happen to us. We have to make things happen for us. There are, you know, there are a lot of things in life that we do not have control over. You know, the weather, uh, natural disasters, disease, some disease, you know, some, you know, some troubles or some heartaches. We don't know that they're going to come upon us. We do our best to um, prevent, you know, certain things. But there are some things that are within our reach that we can lower the amount of surprises. We can um, limit the amount of heartache and frustration, and it's all about, you know, taking charge. And uh, the things that are suggested in the book, the things that we've been talking about today, um, starts with ourselves. And so I really believe, you know, Wise Courtship, the book is about empowering yourself in the area of relationship. Um, yes, it's a vulnerable, you know, when you're in love with someone or you're in friendship with someone or even in a business relationship with someone, you can be very vulnerable, but it does not mean that you are not empowered. And so uh, in order to be empowered, you have to prepare yourself. 
you know, way before someone may be listening to this and say, I'm not even interested in being in a relationship with someone, that's the perfect time to prepare. One, because you'll be prepared when it happens. Two, sometimes you never expect for it to happen, and it just it happens anyway, and you're still prepared. So I think it's, it's very empowering. I love to find things and share things that help to, pe- to empower people because, the, you know, you, you see people, and sadly we see it every day, that you see people that are, that are in a situation, they can't figure out how to get themselves out of it, you know, or or it could even be like a generational thing. You know, their their mother or some other person in their family was in a, a bad situation and then they kind of slip into the same patterns. And it's so awesome to be able to share things with people to help them, even even if it's only you know one step at a time, and it, it takes time to make yeah. the changes. Every yeah. little piece that you can give them to help to empower them to take back more control of their own life. Yeah. And I know some people, some people I know very well have a real issue with with saying you know being control of your life. But I figure, I figure honestly, if you don't have control of your own life, somebody's going to take it from you, and they're going to control yeah, your life. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're probably yeah. not going to do things that are in the best interest of you. No, very often people are going to do what's in their best interest. You know, I like a lot of what you were saying um, just now, and, and what really stuck out with me was about generational purpose. You know, just you're having relationships based off how your mother had them or how your father had them, and they're basing it off how their parents had relationships and they're not poor very often, they may not be healthy. You know, sometimes right. people who are in a spiral of domestic violence, it's generational. You know, they've seen it happen, and so they continue that. Um, the way you may be speaking to someone, and you're, if you've been in a lot of broken relationships and you can't figure out why, uh, it could be the way you're speaking to the person, the way you're handling it, something you saw from generation to generation that you are unaware of because um, we're not always aware of what we do. Uh, have you ever gone to another city or another town or another state and you've seen them do something that you're like, wow, that's weird. <laughs> but, you know, everyone in that city or state or town or neighborhood does that, and they're unaware, especially if they do not travel outside of the perimeters of where they are, they're unaware that other people are not doing that. Um, and so it's so um, important to read and to study and to learn and get up under wise counsel of people who were successful in an area that you're trying to be a success at. And I think that's what this book does, what your program has been doing. Everything that we've been talking about today is about getting ourselves under some wise counsel so that we can replicate some of the thought processes and some of the action steps that um, others have done that have been successful at it. Very true. So now, there are people who get in relationships and, and they just want to block everybody out. They're just, you know, they're, they're in the bubble with this person that they're crazy about. And they, they just, they don't want the outside world to interfere or to get in their way or, or yeah. maybe, maybe family members. I mean, we, we all have the parent that nobody's ever good enough for us. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, the, King, you know, some some grand person could walk in the door, and it wouldn't be good enough for some parents. You know, yeah. so do people really need outside input about their relationship. Yeah, they they need um they need feedback, they need family involved, 
they need all of those things. You know, it's, it's funny that we're we're kind of going in that direction because last night I was contacted by a reader who was very very excited about the book and said, you know, that the whole uh, topic about. You know, you just don't marry the person or you just don't get in relationship with the person. You get in relationship with that family, too, as well. Exactly. And uh, that was one of the things that, you know, really ripped apart his first marriage because he did not uh, really, he saw it, but he didn't see it as so important um, how the, the daughter was so close to her mom. And, and, and a lot of us are close to our mom. But it was the amount of, you know, so every decision, she had to go back to her mom, and every everything that they did, I mean, just really out of just, I mean, just out of the norm. And the mom was always there and all, and it just really ripped the family up. And he had no clue, just never thought about, you know, because, of course, they were young when they got married. and said, well, it's just going to be me and you, and that's it. It's never just you and them. <laughs> it should be you and that person against the world, of course. But it's always other people that are involved as well. And you have to kind of figure out where their place is and where you guys place it. Of course, in choosing someone, family members and friends can be extremely helpful. But once you are in relationship with the person, then you want to try to find a, a happy medium of building a life with that person as well as how do you balance your relationship with their family as well. Okay. Well, I was thinking too. You know, when when the children come along, the the in laws are really going to be involved. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, start start working out those problems way before that happens. Yeah. Well, I was thinking yeah. too. The the people in our family know us the best usually, mm-hmm. and it's, it's like I, I've had this talk with my brother. Going, you know, I I I know my brother and I love him to death, but but I do know where his faults are and where his weaknesses are and the kind Uh of person that would help those things, that would help motivate him and help help fill in the gaps on the things that aren't his strong points, you know. So Thomas said there there really is input that it would really be helpful for you to listen to. (laughs) Oh yeah. You know, older sisters, what do they know, right? And I feel and you know, you bring up such a great point. You know, when you have that brother sister relationship, that is an excellent resource. Your brother, your the opposite sex sibling. Of course there's a wonderful resource with the same sex sibling. Um, but your mom knows you really well, your dad knows you really well. Um, you know, if you have a healthy relationship with these people and they really like you and love you. Because <laughs> we cannot assume always that the people in our family like and love us. We know if they do. So if you have that kind of relationship with those people, that can be helpful. Even best friends, you know, they know you're a hermit. They know that. So why are you trying to, you know, get with party girl? <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, they're like, eventually down the road, it's just not going to work for you because you're going to always go back to the house and read books and you're not going to come out for another three weeks, you know, and, and that's fine if that's how you are and, and, you know, you feel happy in that, but you need to know who and what you are, going back to what we said in the beginning, and how is this person complimenting me, um, how am I contributing to them and they contributing to me. Well, and, you know, something something that I think is, is very important is don't find a person to fill a void in you. It's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And don't. 
you know, find somebody that compliments you and adds to your life, not that, that fills some, some hole or makes up for what somebody else did. That's not going to work. None of those things are good reasons. Find a person no. that compliments you that you can work with respectfully and lovingly and build a life together. Yeah, absolutely. You want to be with people who are going to, uh, you, you enhance one another. You already have a full, exciting, wonderful life that you enjoy, but this person is somebody you want to share that world with and you want to share their world with them, and they enhance who you are. They don't change who you are. They don't feel, you know, a void or a temporary need or even a, what you may think is a long-term need. And and I and let's face it, I believe there's when we have void, there's really a certain void is only filled to me by God. Some people call it higher power, whatever, but it's going to be something that's greater than yourself. I believe it to be God. That's the only way that one total empty void. Because we always have this thing inside of us that says, Why am I here? Why was I sent here? What am I supposed to do? You know, and so you have to know how to focus. And sit down, I say pray, sit down, pray, think about it, read about it, you know, all of those types of things to, to really, and it goes back to that initial exercise to get to know you and what excites you and, um, you know, what you like in your life and that kind of thing. I think it's the only time you really get a chance to be real selfish is <laughs> 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 to really sit down and think about what do you like and what are you there for and, and, and all those types of things so that you won't be trying to take a person and fill that void. It's not going to work. And you're going to keep going through another person and another person and another person because people will disappoint even if they don't mean to. Right. Very true. Well, it's like we were saying earlier, how many people really have done the work to know themselves well enough to say, okay, I know exactly who I am. I know exactly where my strengths and my weaknesses are, and I know what I need. This is what I offer another person. And, I mean, that takes work. You know, all yeah. of those things, that's that's the first thing. Figure all of that out. Know you, and then then find another person. Because then, yeah. then, then, then you're qualified to say, okay, and, and you know what you need, who you need, and it's so, yeah. Works so much better to find somebody at that point. Yes, and know you at this particular stage in your life because yes. you change it. <laughs> you will change. You know, I'm totally different than I was at 13. Oh, God knows. I'm totally <laughs> different than what I was at 13 and at 23, and I'm not going any higher than that. <laughs> and we'll just have to guess after that how old I am, but we change so very much, you know, and sometimes you shock yourself. When you get a little bit older, when you get shown enough, I'm grown stage, sometimes you shock yourself. I didn't know I liked that. I didn't know I would want to do that, you know, and you shock yourself. So you really, it's an ongoing process, ongoing work to get to know yourself. Okay, so for the people who just have met a person and they're like, oh, this is the love of my life. We're perfect. We have to get married. We have to be, you know, and we have just got to do it right now, right now. 
it, is all of this work and all of these steps is it really necessary? Are we, are we just are we just because we're coaches we think that, or is it really does it really make a difference for people? Oh yeah, it's definitely necessary. The statistics in divorce tell us it's necessary. The heartaches and the broken heart tell us it's necessary. Some of the listeners are probably like, right, it's necessary <laughs> because when you go back and look back, your parents can tell you it's necessary. Some of the older people that you know can tell you it's necessary. Some of the married people can tell you it's necessary because you don't know what you don't know. And that is the scary part. It's the unknown. And you can really make that uh, unknown very, very small by just knowing. <laughs> And the only way you can know is to go through the process and the steps that I'm suggesting in the book because it makes you uh, realize and open your eyes and, and there's no guesswork because, you know, I, I may have to guess your age, but if I ask you straight out, I know it. <laughs> so, you know. I was, it was, I was talking to, to a couple, and he loves to travel. She doesn't. It's like, okay, that's probably going to be an issue at some point. But then... They both, she said that she wanted somebody to be the head of the house, okay? And, and I told him, I said, okay, I know that sounds wonderful to you, but you both need to sit down and you need to either honestly explain what you mean by headship. What do you think that means for you and for the other person? Because they have radically different viewpoints about what that, that phrase meant. It's a very common phrase. Especially with yeah. with religious couples or, or you know Christian couples, whatever you know. But there there are two a couple of very radically different opinions about what that means for for the husband or for the wife, and they yeah. really should have talked about that in more detail. Because just assuming you know what the person means by saying "I want someone to be the head of the house" doesn't mean you're on the same page. Yeah, absolutely. That is such an uh, an open term. I mean. People will, um, they will interpret it in different ways. And, you know, some, somebody may be listening, oh, what do you mean? I mean, head of the household, this head of the household. But that, it means so many different things to so many people. The term wife, the term mother, the term, you know, all that you expect. And, and let me tell you something, if you don't explore that, you will be surprised the day after you're married that wife meant that you were supposed to get out and work and that's it. Even after you had a children, you're supposed to get on where you're like, well, I thought I was going to stay home with the children, you know, the first four years or first five years. And once they start kindergarten, I go back to work and because that's what my mom did. But he says, no, my mom worked the entire time. Matter of fact, she had two jobs and you're not a real mother if you're not doing that. And so it's the same thing with head of household. You're supposed to go out and, you know, you know, um, earn all of the income. I'm not supposed to do a thing. You're supposed to make all the decisions. And he's like, well, wait a minute. I thought that meant you were going to work too, but, you know, I could get to come home at this time. And you would be shocked at everyone's varied idea of what that means. And you have to find out what it means for the both of you and not necessarily what your mother thinks it should mean or what his dad thinks it should mean. What does it mean for the both of you? <laughs> I had somebody tell me, and they, they hadn't been dated, dating but a couple months, and like, well, you know, we, we've talked through all these things, and we just can't find anything we disagree on or any reason not to get married. It's like, okay, then y'all need to talk again and be honest with each other this time. Because <laughs> right. you're not going to find somebody you're 100% in agreement with and absolutely nothing you need to discuss further 
it's just the, the chance of that happening is astronomical. Yeah, absolutely. Not unless you're marrying a Ken doll and he's marrying a Barbie. I mean, it's the, that's the only way it's going to be. You know, if you're human beings and you're breathing, there's going to be things that you're going to disagree on, um, but you have to be able to find common ground. But well, and you're not you're not even being like confrontational or difficult either. It just no two different people are coming from two different perspectives, and they're going to say things different ways. It just I mean yes. that's human. Yes, and you need to know what those differences are, not to cause problems or conflict, but to know whether or not you're going to be able to live with that. You know, and it, like like you said, it may not be a big deal, but you know we need to know what your reaction is. You know, because sometimes well, you, a person's reaction is huge, you yeah. know? Well, that's that's the thing. It may be something really simple that's totally negotiable and not a problem, or it may be something that's really big, and you need to know that before. Yeah. Find that you out don't want before to be and deal with it. Yeah. You don't want to be shocked afterwards, and that, that's really what it, this is all about. It's not yeah. to be shocked afterwards. It's to see the signs, see, see the signs, see the flags, the sea, <laughs> and then what do you do about it after that? Is it important to you? Are you dealing with it? That's it. And, and listen to to your intuition. Your gut really does tell you a lot of things you need to pay attention to. Oh so yes. Oh yeah. If you have a feeling there's a problem, dig around and figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if somebody reads this book and they they do what you tell them to do and they go through all the steps. Is that a guarantee that they're going to get married and be happy forever? Well, nothing is ever a guarantee. And the reason being is, one, we, we just can't predict in that way because, let's face it, you and I can read the three steps and we'll see it one way and someone else will read it and they'll see it another way. Also, you know, sometimes people like to cheat. They don't like to go through the steps. They want to do step one and then maybe they'll skip to step three. Maybe they won't even read step three. So they, you know, and they just do whatever else. And then they say, oh, it doesn't work. And, it, you know, it, it didn't work for me. And, and there's no guarantee. And, um, you know, it's all about are you really going to do the work? And after you've done the work, you're going to see a clearer picture of who you are about to get in relationship with. And from there, you can make an intellectual decision instead of, you get emotionally involved first, and now you're trying to make decisions when it's totally out of control now. You know, it's totally emotional. It's hard for you to walk away because you're, you're tied to them emotionally, physically. It's hard for you to sit down and think because you're so emotional about the person, whether it's good emotions or whether it's bad emotions, you know. Um, so we're trying to get you to do the work up front so that as you go along, you say, oh, I saw that. Uh, well, thank you. You know, you're a really nice person. You can move on. Or you say, I saw that. I need more answers. Or I need to investigate that a little further. And then okay. from your investigation, maybe you'll move on or maybe you'll stick with it. Very true. And I, I actually, this next question I should I should have asked this at the beginning, but it just hit me. What if a person is listening and they're not really looking to get in a relationship. They're happy the way they are. Should they still read your book? Oh, yeah, yes. It's for a possible that it may happen in the future. And, you know, some people say, no, 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 it will never. When you say never, read the book. Because you most <laughs> likely are the person who's going to get into one. Because it's never, you can never say never. But the person who says it may happen, 
is the wiser person, so prepare. But also, it's for friendship. Let's face it, some of us have some friendships that are really toxic, and we can do much better than choosing friends. And also, it's for business relationships as well. Um, a lot of people don't get it unless they're in business themselves, especially entrepreneurs, those who may end up doing mergers or doing business collaborations with others. Um, if you don't collaborate with the right person, you could really be in a lot of trouble. If you decide to have a partnership, a business partnership with someone, they can literally um, leave you bankrupt if you don't pick the right one. So the book is really, really good at unveiling the character of the person. Very true. So what about for a person that's had a lot of, of just unsuccessful relationships? And that, that kind of hits on something I like, I like to work with clients on is, is identifying patterns in their relationships and say, they're like, well, I just don't understand. It just never works out. And, and finding the similarities between either the person they're dating, the decisions they made, what their behavior, this sort of thing. So if, if somebody is in that kind of situation and they've had a lot of, of relationships that just went wrong, are they a good person to read your book to? Oh, they're a prime candidate to read the book. Please read the book. It will help you out so much. I've had a lot of clients as well as readers who said, I wish I had this book a long time ago. It would save me a lot of pain and a lot of suffering. There are patterns, like you said, that you have that you are reproducing, and sometimes you just don't see it, you just don't get it, you just don't know it. But when you read the book and you start going into a different train of thought, it can help to break those patterns and see, well, you know, at first you're like, shock, oh, my goodness, I'm, what? I'm supposed to do what? You know, but when you really read through it and let it work for you, you find out that there is a whole group of people who are doing things in a certain way, and that's why they're successful. Well, and the thing is, even even – None of us know what's really going on in another person's relationship. You know, you may say, well, you know, my parents had a wonderful relationship and, and I'm going to do just what they did. Well, you're, mm-hmm. you're going to maybe imitate what you saw and how you interpreted it. That doesn't yes. mean that you know exactly in depth what they did. Absolutely. And let's face it, just because you said you're married 50 years, you know, when people say they've been married 50 years, we're like, woo, we start clapping. But it doesn't mean that they were 50 happy years. You know, the couple, you're like, okay, wait a minute, people, you, you don't understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they may have been, every day they may have been at each other's throat. And, and don't get me wrong, there's going to be times that you two just not going to get along, but the basic love and respect and all of that stuff is still going to be intact and in place. But you have some people, they're together, but they can't stand each other. They're just there for the children, and then once the children got grown, well, we too old to move on, so we just going to stick together, and, you know, you do your thing, and I do mine. But we want healthy, thriving, passionate, fulfilling relationships. And so to get that, you got to do the work up front, because I have no idea what you want and what you need and what your foundation was based on. I can only give you the tools on how to go out there and to see it and to identify it and to reel it in. You know, one one of my favorite uh, little memes that pops up on Facebook, you know, the little images with the, the sayings on them, is that, that being alone is better than being in a relationship where you feel alone. Because if you're in a relationship 
and you feel lonely, that you know, being on your own and being single is so much better than being in a situation like that where yeah. you just, you know, you you just you feel alone is the best way I could think to say it. But you just you feel like you're you're doing it all by yourself. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Doing it by yourself, I, but you're, you're tugging somebody else along with you. Absolutely. You know, and I think I remember reading something that someone said, well, you know, I couldn't get, she's she single, and I couldn't get advice from anyone who's married because they don't know what I'm going through. And I'm saying to myself, I didn't even bother. You know, she wasn't saying to me it was something she posted, but I said, wow, because married people were once single. And in this day and age, a lot of people, you know, unless you got married at 15, 15 maybe to 21, okay, you were really young. And, you, you know, you got a lot of people didn't get married. I didn't get married until I was 28. You got a lot of people that will get married between 45. It's not uncommon for people to be full grown and never have gotten married before. So they've had single lives before then. But it's not just about that you're single, but it's about making better selections and doing what's necessary to get to know you before you can connect with someone else. And so married people can be very, very helpful in that because as we just stated, you could have been married many years and can't stand each other, but now they can go back and say, well, I wish I would have did this up front, and I wish I would have did that up front. You know, and then the ones who are very successful will say, I did this up front, we did that, and we did this, and, and it can be very helpful for you. And that's those are the things that I tried to include in the book as well. Very true. So so how can, what are a couple of tips to help somebody avoid Mr. or Mrs. Wright? Or Ms. Right, I guess. Wrong. Not wrong. Because, you know, everybody always says they're looking for Mr. Right, okay? Mm -hmm. How do people avoid Mr. Wrong? Well, I think one of the ways to avoid Mr. Wrong is stop looking for Mr. Right. (laughs) I like that. Very good. (laughs) You know, just get to know who you are. Enjoy your life and who you are. And try to implement some of the steps that I'm, I'm, I'm talking about in the book. For instance, Get to know the person. You know, people just really skip over the obvious. Get to know the person. Because I think what we do is we buy into fantasy, especially women, you know, the whole Prince Charming and we're up in a tower somewhere and he's going to come on this horse and he's so wonderful. And some people say, well, I don't believe in that. But we, we believe in a variation of it, okay? He's in a Mercedes and we're in you know, we're sitting in an apartment, and he comes in and sweeps us off our feet. There's plenty of money to spend. He spends all his time with us and tells us how beautiful we are. When a lot of that, a lot of that stuff is pure fantasy. But what it is solid is that we get to know the person, and we say, "Oh yeah, you like the skydiving? Wow, I love the skydiving!" And you know, you find out what his favorite foods are and how he is with his family. And is he really, you know, when I put in my book, people laugh about it, but it is true, even though we can laugh about it, but is he really a man? And that's what you're looking for, okay? You know, those are the things that you really, really want to find out so that you can have, um, you know, happiness in your marriage you know, or in your that, relationship. That I, I noticed with some, and I've discussed this with some folks, and, and they kind of kind of fought me on it, but then once they thought about it, they agreed, was... So many people, when they start dating, they want to spend all their time together. They just want to mm-hmm. just, just be by themselves all the time. Well, the thing is, you learn an awful lot about a person by seeing how they interact with other people, especially yeah. how they interact with people you care about. 
Which, yeah. like, like you know, like you said earlier, if if you end up getting together in a long term relationship, they are going to interact with people you care about. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But like I said, you they may they may be one way with you, and they may be very good at being one way with you. But watch them interact with other people around you. You know, even yeah. even if it's just going to a restaurant and how they treat the waitress or how they how they treat the host or whatever. Watch how they interact with other people because that is going to impact your life at some point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's you know that's one of the steps that we talk about is you know just look and observe and, and see you know how this person. You know, when they're out there in the public, you know, how are they with other people? How how are they spending their money? I mean, you can learn so much just by watching. And you can't watch a whole lot just holding hands and kissing. You're in a corner of a restaurant somewhere. You're not going to see a whole lot there. So, you know, you want to get somewhere where you can really see and see them in action. How are they at their job? And how are they? how do they treat people that they believe they really don't need? How do they treat them? You know, how do they treat their their mother, their dad, their sister? Their, how do they treat the um, the the relatives that are quote unquote the black sheep? How do they um, you know interact um, when they are out in public, especially for entertaining um, those types of things? How are they? You know, when when they let their hair down? You know, so you want to know these things. Well, I'll tell you what, would you believe our time is flowing and we are like out of time. <laughs> so, folks, you need to check Tony's website at wisecourtship.com, and I highly recommend that you check out her book. And, Tony, it's been great. We may have to do it again. And yes, I will see everyone with you next time on Ready for Love Radio.